Welcome, welcome to the 10th episode of the Revolutionary Star Season 2 for the year 2021. We are broadcasting live and direct from Harare, Zimbabwe to the comfort of wherever you are right now in our global world. Today, Sunday, the 4th of July, 2021. And today we are going to talk on whether or not Zimbabwe has a human rights problem. Now, before we begin this conversation that we are going to have here, we've been offline for a couple of months ever since the beginning of the year. A lot of things have been going on in Zimbabwe, uh, ups and downs, COVID and all that. We're going to get to all that. So being offline, as we said, this has been us trying to adjust to the realities of the ground that we're facing. We will be having a new co-host starting later on this year in September. We will introduce in one of our regular uh, podcasts. But from this podcast onwards, don't expect any interruptions, comrades. We will be providing you with intel on a day-to-day basis, sometimes live as well. We now have a Facebook page. We also have a YouTube page. So we have been busy even though we've been offline. Now, that having been said and the housekeeping done, for all those who've never been to the Revolutionary Star, let me remind you once again, the Revolutionary Star is a revolutionary party. Our ethos revolve around the revolutionary struggle and the Pan-Africanist movement in Southern Africa. That means we are ZANU-PF, what they stand for, we are in their constitution. We do not follow a personality, we follow a dogma, an ideology. That ideology is in the uh, embodiment of people like Tongogara, Mwanzlani, Michelle, people from Swapo, you know, uh, Congo, South Africa, Mkontowe Siswe, and so forth and so forth. Zanla, Zipra, uh, Unip, Kamuzu uh, Banda, Kenneth Kaunda, may he rest in peace. He just died recently this week. So, no, he just died last month. Uh, apologies. So, what we are saying is that, yes, we will be objective in the way that we discuss things but always take note comrades that our prism is that from a revolutionary struggle we are the offspring of uh, the fidel castro's uh, communist movement uh, all those things bolsheviks mensheviks all the mistakes made in the past our job is not to sweep them under the floor but to revise it and continue take the torch and move forward so why am I saying this? I'm saying this today as Comrade Cabral because we're going to talk about whether or not Zimbabwe has a human rights problem. This is going to be our uh, coming in stage for the rest of the year, for the rest of the, the, the last six months of the year. Does Zimbabwe have a human rights problem? Today is Sunday, the 4th of July, 2020. Uh, today is the Independence Day for the United States of America considered the great satan by a lot of other countries here in the global world and today we are going to talk about whether or not what the united states says is true does zimbabwe really have a human rights problem and we're going to be basing this conversation we have today on their own document that they wrote the biden administration at the beginning of this year they wrote a document um basically castigating a lot of things that are going on in Zimbabwe. So we want to break it down. We're going to take the cliff notes and we're going to go deeper into those cliff notes, discuss it, see whether or not it's true. Is uh, Zimbabwe really that fucked up a country? Are we really terrorizing our people as what these uh, people say we are? If that, then should we move forward? Let's look at it objectively. However, when we're looking at it objectively, let us not forget that we are revolutionaries first. We will take what you say and we will try and analyze it. 
right now the party which is zanu pf has been trying to change from being a party of personality which is what mdc is right now following nelson chamisa and before that they followed morgan sangara zanu pf is not trying to do that anymore they are trying to change that mantra whereby you follow a personality and make it more into what it is a revolutionary party mistakes always are being made we hope the opposition also in zimbabwe learns not to make parties that are personality counts that doesn't solve anything or help anything in the narrative once a person dies and leaves mess now why are we saying this the first and the foremost thing for, for foremost thing that has been said in this document by the united states was that our military is to blame in zimbabwe they claim that zimbabwe is actually a pseudo military state the military may not actually show it, but they do it in overt and subtle ways in which they hold and glean power from uh, Star Wars. Uh, the document also further goes on to state that, not state, but imply that Zarupev is nothing but a rubber stamp. Now, we will go into this and discuss whether or not this is true. However, uh, again, this document goes on to say that the military is responsible for the external security, but is also responsible for the domestic security responsibility. Uh, our military consists of the National Army, the Air Force, and uh, of course, after that, we've got the CIOs, the C-10s, uh, which falls usually under the office of the president. Uh, that also engages in internal and external matters as, as well. Now, they say that Basically, anything to do with security in Zimbabwe, uh, we have people who perpetuate physical and psychological torture to labor leaders, opposition party members, abductions. They say abductions are continuously happening. Torture methods are still being used. Sexual assault is still being used. Beating victims with sticks, clubs, cables, butts, uh, gun butts, and shamboks are still being used. Falangas, uh, forced consumption of human excrement oral and chemical poisoning as well as pouring corrosive substances on exposed skin <laughs> okay comrades let me repeat this again so that we make sure that you got the gist this document is implying that in zimbabwe currently ever since 2018 the following has been happening ever since 2018 let's forget what happened during uh, president robert mugabe robert gabriel mugabe's time after 2018 this is what they claim has happened they say Government agents, which comprises mainly the military and the security agencies like my CIO and my MID, they claim that these people are physically torturing people, psychologically torturing people, namely labor leaders and opposition party members, and they are abducting them. It also goes on to say that there are torture methods that have been recorded that include sexual assault, beating victims with sticks, clubs, cables, gun butts, and shambles, which is another word of falanga beating the soles of the feet, forced consumption of human excrement, oral chemical poisoning, as well as pouring corrosive substances on exposed skin. Now, has there been some type of physical abuse that has been done to people? Yes, I will not be the first person to deny that. Of course, there must have been some type of abuse that has happened from 2018 up until 2021. However, this that has been said here is false, comrades. Name mainly false. The uh, forced consumption of human excrement. These things here. Zimbabwe is a very viral country. When I say viral, it means it's not a. It's a WhatsApp country. 
things like this hit the populace and the community faster than it hits the media. If these things were really as, uh, how can I, systemic as what this document is stating, everybody would know about it. When I say everybody, I mean it would be common knowledge because Zimbabweans do not warn themselves through media. They warn themselves locally. We are a very social people. We we warn each other and we follow trends very zimbabweans are trend people when it comes to a trend whether it is juta whether it is bitcoin whatever it is we follow we tell each other we are a very informal society so why am i saying this i'm saying that if this was as systemic and as blatant as what these guys are saying we would all know about it. We would have all warned each other, whether it's going to pay for MDC, to avoid certain areas because this is dangerous for your life. It's dangerous for your kids or for your relatives. If we had MDC members in our family, and you are even a ZANU-PF member, and you knew this shit was happening, you would have warned your relative not to go to certain areas and not to say certain things because this thing is everywhere. This is why I say this stat is first and foremost this is false this is no longer as bad as it was yes am i saying in the past it was bad of course i agree why am i sure it was bad in the past because we were really afraid people really were afraid of the central intelligence organization that was not a lie that was a fact people were afraid of the military before then but then the military was not really that obvious if you saw the military coming to your house before 2018 ah you must have really done some really national security type shit usually the people who would give us a lot of problems were cios right and usually it was a lot of the time it was rogue agents who just use that badge and you've got a badge and you're just trying to exercise your power those were the ones why it wanted some moto in zimbabwe but we would warn each other People would warn each other informally at your at the bars, uh, weddings, uh, baby showers. That's how we warn each other so we avoid these things. This ever since 2018 has not been like that. I will tell you that it hasn't been like that. Have people been be getting beaten? Yes, they have. But I will explain how. There are certain areas where during COVID, people would get beaten. I won't lie to you about that. But usually it was because they were flouting covid regulations let's call a spade a spade there are areas like Bachipisa, uh glenview where yes there were areas where people would still open bars at night or would still uh, practice uh, what you call it a business while under covid regulations yes soldiers would roam around and at times people were getting beaten yes i there i may agree because i have heard several people and i go and frequent those places so yes however it wasn't torture based on political uh, situations it was just beatings because you're not supposed to be fucking you're not supposed to be where you are right now you're supposed to be at home zimbabwe has always been like that it is a violent country i won't lie about that uh justice is usually limited out paperwork is really not liked by police officers and military they would rather deal with you if he can give you a slap instead of taking you to to the camp he'll rather slap you is it something that needs to be fixed yes i'll agree with it i hope home affairs is listening to this podcast because nobody likes getting slapped because they they did something wrong you you get what i'm saying but here in zimbabwe it's obvious nobody messes with security forces we know that however was it politically motivated no usually it's on some dumb stuff that has happened and you are getting beaten or something like that or you're being uh, or briber that's another way to get out of getting into into major trouble again nobody likes going to jail now 
chemical poisoning, corrosive substances on exposed skin. Come on, gentlemen. I will tell you this right now. Uh, the government has been on its tippy toes right now, President Idi Mnangagwa, well, at the beginning of 2018, because they were trying to push their re-engagement agenda. This is during the Trump time. So they would not have risked doing all these things when they were trying to re-engage with the global world, especially the Western world. Of course, that re-engagement does not seem to be going very well up until now 2021 however it would have been stupid for them to actually chemically poison opposition leaders when they need uh, things to be relaxed especially monetary policies and imf and lenders to start lending back to zimbabwe so again this part of the biden administration's uh, human rights uh, document is blatantly false they have uh, it's hyperbole They've taken a few unrelated cases from different areas in, uh, in Zimbabwe, Bulawayo, Harare, and so forth, and they've made it into a systemic problem that is affecting all Zimbabwe, which is not true. Now, when it comes to opposition leaders, let's call a spade a spade. Sometimes opposition leaders, just as we said before in our previous podcast, opposition leaders usually oppose just for the sake of opposing right a lot of government uh, programs especially during covid that were trying to be pushed by government most of them coming from outside the country which other countries were doing were just opposed by opposition leaders just because they didn't want to go along with them hopo chinyono the journalist and several other people actually were against vaccines they didn't even want to get vaccines they were against sinopharm sinovac and so forth but the minute the government actually got their first batches guess who were the first people in line to get those vaccines the same opposition leaders i'm not blaming them for going to get the vaccines but i'm saying that they have a opposition policy agenda of opposing anything the government does just for the sake of opposing at times Opposing those things usually contravents civil war, I mean, civil uh, disobedience, but it threatens the well being of other Zimbabweans who don't want to be involved in that stuff. The Maheres, who ended up trying to stage um, um, a demonstration during when the first wave of COVID was hitting in Zimbabwe, is a very good example. America, anywhere else in the world, when people tried to do those type of demonstrations, were met harshly. People in the states were being beaten. Other countries as well were beating people or were detaining people who were actually trying to be against wearing masks or demonstrating against COVID regulations. But here in Zimbabwe, for some reason, when the same rules were being used, all of a sudden it's torture. And it's an authoritarian country that is trying to clamp down on, on peaceful protest under lockdown. So that's what I'm saying, that the opposition leaders at times have no other choice but to oppose for the sake of opposing because that's how they get donors and their sponsors. That's where the money comes. It may not be the U.S., but it may be other NGOs. We all know that the Biden administration has been funneling money back into third world countries through its uh, USAID. USAID has now been beefed up. It's got a larger budget this year. USAID is going to be uh, creating organizations throughout Africa, which is going to be supplying for democracy building initiatives. That's just another word for indoctrinating propaganda. Let's call a spade a spade. So am I trying to criticize the West and well, no, we're just calling it as it is, right? So we'll leave that alone for now. 
why do we go back to this torture thing? There were some leading people during this time who actually pushed this agenda narrative from Western worlds. We have the Joanna Mamombes, we have the Cecilia Chambiris, in the time of very strong, passionate women. Right from the get-go, I won't deny these are leaders female leaders but again they come from an opposition ideology of opposing for the sense of opposing they were caught red-handed having somewhat staged an abduction now they have not yet been proven innocent or guilty right the jury is still out whether it really happened or not we won't know until all the evidence has been laid bare they say they were abducted and tortured the government says that they uh, pretend to be abducted and, and tortured. What we do know for a fact is that they have a lot of inconsistencies in their story, right? A, a lot of inconsistencies. And waterworks always seem to come up whenever somebody asks them direct questions whether or not they can actually dismantle the government's argument. Up until now, we've not heard them rebut some of the arguments that the government has made in terms of the Mercedes-Benz, uh, the times when they were found at certain places, and they haven't rebutted. Usually, you get waterworks and emotional distress coming from them. Now, we wait for the courts to decide, but leaders such as these ones are darlings to the Western world. So what I say by darlings to the Western world, whether or not they were abducted or they staged it, the government is going to lose anyway, comrades. Let's call it as it is. The government is losing this one. I may be saying it on the podcast and criticizing them won't really make a difference because the government has already lost this battle globally in the media. The women have got what they want. Cecilia Chambi was being invited to Ghana and so forth for delegation-sponsored meetings with per diems and so forth they've got what they wanted and they are now moving on to the next stage politically these women are all going to be successful let's call it as it is on a global scale and they used this abduction to their advantage whether or not it's true that they were abducted they still used it to their advantage and they will benefit a lot from it because right now western worlds like the biden administration and his team for uh, foreign affairs are looking for people like that. Women are the people who run things right now in the world. So the government is going to lose this one. Whether or not they win it in court, they have still lost it. Why am I saying this? I'm saying that here in this document, we cannot argue about Cecilia Chembi, Netaima Rova, and Joanna Mamumba because you won't believe what the government has to say anyway. It's a, it's a done deal. This is a loss. But what we do know is that they come from a party that opposes just for the sake of opposing. And usually, the best thing to do with this is just to... Uh, it's a house of cards. Usually, it will fall apart because an agenda that is based against a specific thing usually collapses. MDC has not yet learned that uh, just opposing for the sake of opposing doesn't work. When people were saying Mugabe must go, Mugabe must go, the minute Mugabe went they were clueless for a while up until now they're still trying to find their footing on what else we do, should we do why is that it's because they were opposing for the sake of opposing the minute we take they actually supported zanu pf to get mugabe out they supported zanu pf's own agenda to get mugabe out and they haven't learned from that they still do that with the same opposing for the sake of opposing that they do now these women come from that party so a circumspect person 
who thinks long term will realize that it's only a matter of time before something happens whereby these women and the party have issues amongst themselves now they are all liked mdc all these parties they are all liked by international human rights monitors churches ngos anybody who gives humanitarian assistance uh, the international community the red cross all these organizations they love this uh, people and for as we said in our previous podcast these are the ones that are going to give our president a lot of uh, problems unfortunately the minute that uh, uh, biden became the president of uh, the united states of america uh, our president ed munangagwa's time here was just he, he was a lame duck there's really very little he can gain traction when it comes to the international world right now we call this out when we did our podcast we will refer you back to our podcast of job jo, um, joseph biden now joseph biden is looking for star he's looking for acolytes proxies so people like the jacob Ungari vumes the hopo chingonos these people will be used for documents like these to be substantiated upon areas such as the Chiadzwa, Marangwe areas where people didn't get all their just Jews as in the villages. A lot of them never ended up getting their 1,000 US dollars for the relocation fees. Small Things like that are going to be used to just continue the narrative of human rights abuses here in Zimbabwe. The Commercial Farmers Union is still ongoing, even though they signed a 3.5 billion compensation deal for farms that were expropriated, they will still be used by the international community to continue that narrative of human rights problems. So we have a lot of issues here in Zimbabwe, right? But we will never actually get to really have an objective one-on-one conversation amongst ourselves because of the issues faced when it comes to how the western world views zimbabwe now here here is why we say here's a problem the western world has a double standard comment and this double standard is on the way they view human rights and the way they view uh, land ownership Zimbabwe has always been trying to get ownership back into its own hands. And at the same time, uh, that means taking it away from people who are considered to be the rightful owners. That's a no-no for the Western world. And at the same time, we have a disenfranchised uh, native population that wants better better things from the government that is black just like them. The government is facing difficult things and it will take a long time for Zimbabweans to realize that a lot of developments have been made so far, but let's call it as it is, there are a lot of bad policies that were made before 2018. Uh, President E. Dimon hate him or love him, he has been trying to rectify things that he allowed to get into this mess because Let's call it as it is. The previous uh, system that was there probably were afraid of uh, going against President uh, President Robert Gabriel Mugabe, Arajim Gabe. So you look at things like the Kazungula Bridge in Zambia, where um, President is now trying to get Zimbabwe back into a deal that they walked away from. 
it means that the previous administration had problems actually going against what their president wanted to do at least saying telling the president they are wrong on this because they were afraid that they would be on the chopping block this being afraid of being on the chopping block resulted in let's give it about 20 years of bad advice the only thing that zanu pf actually got right was politically how to hold on to power but when it came to administrative there was a fear that permeated within the administration of going against good advice i mean going against ad giving good advice there was a fear of giving good advice because and then how will you feed your family and you know that narrative of if you leave zanu pf it's cold outside yes it's true so those things ended up with where we are we will we will admit that but at the same time if as a party or as revolutionaries we are willing to admit that then it means we are now looking for solutions to fix that this is where mdc has made a mistake if mdc had been smart enough to realize that they can capitalize on the mistakes that the government made they would have taken control of parliament instead of rushing for the presidency and concentrating and putting all their eggs in a basket in the presidency the problems mdc right now has is because they don't hold parliament that is where the stupidity came from but you cannot blame them because yes you can blame them but it's because of their agenda their policy and the way that they are, their think tanks are thinking wrongly the 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 ruhanyas and so forth are not looking at this from a bird's eye view as smart as these people are they don't which results in these problems that we have now 8 years is a short time if they had consolidated their power in parliament right now we would probably have may had more traction with the government policies that uh, munangagwa's administration has been pushing why because they would be holding the government accountable and putting them to the fire only one committee seemed to be doing work throughout this um Uh, tenure of 2018 to 2023 and that's the one that was led by uh Tindibiti, the public accounts committee from mdc that's the only committee comrades let's call it as it is but this is the opposition party that some somehow is said to represent the interests of the people but only as one working committee that actually seems to be doing any type of work at all we have the wajgajenas on the other side who who are always glossed over but they were doing the exact same work that uh, BT was doing this goes to show where the problem is now the problem is that with the human rights issue it's a money making scheme as well are there human rights issues of course yes they are we have stateless people here we have thousands of malawians and mozambicans whose children were born in zimbabwe and can't get passports that's a human rights issue are there people being beaten up yes prisoners thieves convicts criminals usually if they are trying to get them to confess at times they beat them underneath their the soles of their feet is that a human rights issue of course let's look at ways we can fix that these are issues we should be discussing but what pays the bucks what keeps the, the 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 lights on at night is the question what makes us get the lights on as a opposition party if i'm tortured if i'm poisoned with acid if i'm doing this then the big bucks come out then the land rovers and the land cruisers and the range rovers come out for, from the the government who want to push their democratization agenda throughout africa 
this is where the problem we have opportunists within the opposition party who are using this to their advantage we cannot blame the ruling party on this one because they are hated there is nobody from the western world who is going to give them a dime right now actually taps actually being shut off as we speak so we can't blame them for that this is an opposition thing which is why we said that opposition party controls the western world influence when it comes to zimbabwe it is what it is frederick shawa can go all over there and negotiate but all roads sooner or later will need some type of an opposition member with them so as to get the western world involved because they see the opposite the, the ruling party as um part of the eastern bloc russia china ukraine and so forth so because of that forget about any type of uh, soft peddling that will come from an biden administration a johnson administration a labor administration none of, none of that so again let's go back to this human rights does Zimbabwe have a human rights issue yes it does but is it overblown yes it's overblown there are issues here in zimbabwe that need to be fixed every and these issues affect both zanu pf and mdc on a human rights issue uh, our security forces overzealous at the way at times they met out justice yes i agree 110 percent, i agree but this is an issue that the courts can handle here in zimbabwe legislation should have been passed a long time ago to have uh, immunity stripped from police officers or at least to have partial immunity so that you can sue a police officer these are things that if mdc had taken control of parliament they could have pushed these type of bills to be passed in parliament it's not something that you go running to the u.s state department so that they can shut off a reservoir that will affect people in bali because now they the rate goes up when they want to go buy their maberos and so forth. And then they blame ZANU-PF. You see, comrades, this is where we have a problem. When a political party that has influence makes the wrong decisions on their policy and their manifesto, it ends up with, and then combine that with how they make money. Because the opposition party, any party needs to find ways to sustain themselves and make money. You Subscriptions alone cannot uh sustain the operations of a of a party so where does that money come from comrades where does that money come from this is operations it's not about them being rich it's operations. some of the statements that they say is to foster what their sponsors and their benefactors give them so human rights yes it's there but it's overblown why are they not talking more about the stateless people who don't have birth certificates here in zimbabwe why are they not talking more about the convicts and the people who are, uh, when they are caught, they are, they are beaten under the, the soles of their legs? It's always opposition leaders. But if we look at how many opposition leaders have truly had these issues, it's about maybe five or six throughout 2018 up until now. It doesn't go past, there are about five to eight actually, uh, vociferous and vocal people who say they've been abused by the government but total maybe there'll be about less than 50 who claim that they've been unjustly uh, treated by the government but that small quote quota of people now 
controls the narrative of what Zimbabwe is on a global world. Imagine that. Less than a hundred people altogether control the narrative of what Zimbabwe now uh, can do or say or ask for from IMF, World Bank, uh, or the Paris uh, or lenders. All that is now controlled by a small portion, 0.0.01% of the, the nation. And these people continuously get more power. We have upcoming people like the Maheris, the Joanna Mamombes, the Cecilia Chenbiris. These people are guaranteed to cause headaches for Zimbabwe for the untold future. Why? Because it propels their own career. They have no choice but to do this because their career is being buttressed and is becoming strong. These people are going to be getting awards upon awards for the next 10 years to come based on this narrative of being anti-Zimbabwe. Do I blame them? No. They picked a party that pull, puts that policy as their agenda, first and foremost. So they are just following, they're just falling in line. And they happen to be women. So they will get the best of whatever this policy or agenda will give. Right? ZANU-PF, if it is not aware of this and does not actually adapt to the situation that they're in that they're in a very messed up position which is very difficult to come they're in a box it has to take innovative waivers and revolutionaries to come and figure out how we're going to get out of this this is a 30-year problem i won't be here when this problem is fixed if it ever gets fixed will the human rights issue thing continuously be an issue for the united states and the western world yes it will be it's not going away anytime soon any small thing as they've already shown can be used and uh hyperbole or expanded blown out of proportion they've shown this over and over again it is now weaponized against uh zimbabwe because it's not in the interest of the united states it's in no time soon will this change right so what we can do as zimbabweans is try and figure out what are the human rights issues that affect us directly are we under a military state? If it is, how can that be changed? Anything that you expect the Western world to help you fix your own internal problems as Zimbabweans is a waste of time. The Western world has its own agendas at the same time. And first and foremost, all foreign policy for the Western world should directly affect them as well. So do not be uh, mistaken comments when we tell you that that won't change anytime soon. We need to fix our own issues. The opposition party needs to become more Zimbabwe-centric and oriented. Yes, if you want to get money from the Western world, by all means, get it. But at least make sure that you have principles as Zimbabweans first, opposition leaders second. That way you can understand the difference about things that may hurt the country in the future and in the long run. Continue getting money from the Western world. Nobody is holding you against that because every political party needs to make money. However, every political person needs to be a patriot first before an opposition leader. So that is what our first podcast is. We will continue harping on this topic because this human rights issue seems to get overblown and used against a lot of things. And it affects us locals citizens more than it affects these people who claim to have been tortured or these people who claim 
to have uh, Zimbabwe's best interests at heart. This has been Comrade Super Cabral coming live and direct from Harare. We are back. We are back. We are back. We will not stand for any type of injustices in Zimbabwe. And again, we do not believe in a cult, a cult of personality. ZANU-PF made that mistake. And it has been slowly trying to rectify it. But like I said, it's hard to turn a ship around. So slowly they're trying to get there. However, the opposition party, we urge you as well to try and do the same thing. Stop these cults of personality. Focus on your policy agendas. And then we can actually have a conversation. You can still get your funding from foreigners, but don't make please make sure that foreign interests do not affect your policy directives and agendas. And know when to say no when you're offered money, but it goes against your principles as a party. Right. We also say this to Zaru PF when it comes to the Eastern Bloc, whereby resources may be given to Asia or to China or to Russia. Again, that applies to that party as well. Know when to say no. This has been Comrade Super Cabral coming live and direct from Harare. Roger out.